Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. everyone. Thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and disasters and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing the election of 1876. Here's what you need to know. The American Civil War ended in 1865 after the defeat of Robert E. Lee's Confederate Army by Union forces. By then, America had entered into a reconstruction period aimed at rebuilding the war-torn nation and establishing civil rights to former black slaves. 
More than a decade after the Civil War, the nation was preparing for a presidential election that would determine the successor of Ulysses S. Grant and his two-term Republican-led administration. At the time, the Republican Party supported equal rights, while the Democratic Party focused on policy that would prolong the subjugation of black citizens. And both parties knew that this would be an intensely fought election. Just a few years earlier, the ratification of the 14th and 15th Amendment had given black men the right to vote, a move that many saw as benefiting the Republican Party. November 7, 1876, Election Day. The nation went to the polls, and by that I mean white men and some black men went to the polls, to cast their vote for the next president. Early on Election Day, things looked promising for Democratic candidate Samuel J. Tilden, the popular governor from New York who was running against Republican candidate Rutherford B. Hayes, the relatively unknown governor of Ohio. But by the next day, no clear winner had emerged. Though Tilden had secured the lead with more than 260,000 popular votes, He had only amassed 184 electoral votes, just one electoral vote away from the necessary 185 needed at the time to win the election. But three states, South Carolina, Florida, and Louisiana, had yet to announce their outcome as their 20 electoral votes were in dispute due to allegations of cheating. Republican leaders argued that if black voters had not been intimidated at the polls, Hayes would have won the contested states, and the 20 votes in question would make him president. Because the Senate was Republican-controlled and the House was Democrat-controlled, the uncertainty of the election sent Congress into utter chaos. Meanwhile, a strange development was coming out of Oregon. Hayes had won the state, but one of its Republican electors, John W. Watts, also served as the postmaster, and this brought into question the integrity of the vote, as the U.S. Constitution does not allow for federal office holders to also be electors. Watts had planned to resign from his position in order to be a Republican elector, but the governor of Oregon, who was a Democrat, disqualified Watts and instead certified a Tilden elector. On December 6, 1876, electors cast their votes in their state capitals, but the results were inconclusive as Oregon, South Carolina, Florida, and Louisiana had conflicting sets of electoral votes. At this point, the Constitution stipulated that the decision be brought to the President of the Senate. This was Republican Thomas W. Ferry. Democrats argued that instead, the Democratic majority in Congress should decide. In an effort to appease both parties, on January 29, 1877, a commission was established of five senators, of whom three were Republican, two were Democrat, five House representatives, three of those were Democrats, two were Republican, and five Supreme Court justices, two Republican, two Democrat, and one Independent, to decide which electoral votes to count and resolve the dispute. However, the Independent Supreme Court justice dropped out when he was offered a Senate seat and was then replaced by a Republican judge. 
As expected, the commission met and voted on party lines, 8-7, to seven, to award all the electoral votes from South Carolina, Florida, and Louisiana, and the one remaining electoral vote from Oregon to... Rutherford B. Hayes. Of course, this did not sit well with Democrats who threatened to delay the resolution of the election further. In the end, realizing the chaos would eventually backfire for Democrats and hoping to win some concessions from Republicans, Democrats and Republicans met behind closed doors to establish a set of agreements between both parties. This would later be known as the Great Compromise of 1877. The Republicans agreed to remove Union troops from the South as long as Southern states respected the civil rights of their Black citizens. With this in place, Democrats ended their filibustering and forced the completion of the count. On March 2, 1877, just two days before inauguration, Hayes won the election with 185 votes to Tilden's 184. As a result, Hayes' presidency and the compromises made to secure it led to the end of America's Reconstruction era. This would enable hate groups like the Ku Klux Klan to flourish and allowed for southern states to enact Jim Crow laws, the impacts of which are still felt today. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. On the night of the presidential election in November 1876, the headline of the New York Tribune proclaimed, Tilden elected. The popular vote count was such. Tilden, Democrat, 4,288,546 votes. Hayes, Republican, 4,034,311 votes. Democratic candidate Samuel Tilden did emerge with the lead of 260,000 popular votes. That said, we'll never know exactly how many black voters, especially in the states of Mississippi, Louisiana, Florida, and South Carolina, were intimidated and kept from the polls. Historians believe that number could have been in the hundreds of thousands. The commission awarded Hayes all three of the contested states, as well as the one contested electoral vote from Oregon, making him the winner by one single electoral vote. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hi, Rebecca. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi, everyone. And our very special guest is Hayes Davenport, co-host of LA Podcast and Hollywood Handbook. Hi, Hayes. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to have you. Um, uh, first question, can you explain the Electoral College to everyone? <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> I'm part of a team that is like really focused on just like keeping it the way it is. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you really like, know? Imag- you really, you really can explain the electoral college? No, I can't really. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we were uh, trying to figure out who should we have on for this episode, we yeah. did say we should maybe try to get someone who can explain the electoral college to us. <laughs> sure. You've also picked someone who has 
the same name as someone who is a subject yes. of the story, which feels great for me. It feels like I'm the star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you related? So when I was a kid, my mom did used to tell me that I was related to Rutherford B. Hayes. What? But it wouldn't have been on her her side's like Polish or whatever. So like it would not it wasn't from her. She was like it would have been on my dad's side. And now my dad in quarantine is like getting very into our heritage in like a dad way. And this has not come up at all. It's just not true. It was just a total <laughs> lie. I used to tell kids at school this when we would like study presidents. Uh, but no, the answer is no, not at all. So we'd like to start the show by asking our guest to tell us something that they're currently alarmed by. So I was noticing yesterday, I, I feel like our, our what, what constitutes an alarm is a little different now. We're like two days after the inauguration and like our... Our calibration is off a tiny bit. <laughs> I noticed yesterday a lot of people were talking about how Dakota Johnson said that she loved limes, but she actually <laughs> was lying about that, it turns out, because she is allergic to limes. Oh, what? what? And I found myself like really kind of digging into this. Like, this is, this is upsetting to me for some reason. So that's my current response. That's what's on my radar right now. But I think it'll just take a week or so to like reset back to like, okay, this is what's normal to be like upset about. Okay. So you're alarmed at Dakota Fanning's Lyme situation. Dakota Johnson. Oh, Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Johnson. Oh my God. This, oh, see, yes. this could have been terrible. That changes everything. Which, one, which of those would you call North Dakota and which South Dakota? We don't have to figure it out now, but like... <laughs> That would be a, an easy way to distinguish them. <laughs> Something to, to ruminate on. You want to say height is going to be what yeah. distinguishes them. I think them. they're both pretty tall. Yeah, that's this is tough. This is going to be tougher than we thought. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's a good way, though, of figuring out, you know, should we call you South Hayes? Or should we sure. call you I guess North I'd rather Hayes. be North Hayes in this context. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Or we could do, um, I could be young Hayes. Oh. Uh, this is, uh, compared to this guy, I'm like Absolutely. really young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do that. Uh, let's start off just by saying that there was fraud both sides in this election. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a history, Yale history professor, David Blight, who says Democrats stole the election at first and then the Republicans stole it back. So how did this all happen? I think we should start by talking about the candidates. I don't know. And and then we'll decide if we want to put them up on the board. First, we'll start with the older Rutherford Hayes. According to Britannica.com, the Republicans held their convention in Cincinnati and Ohio in mid-June, and the front runner for their nomination was James G. Blaine of Maine. He was the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Republican reformers, however, hoped to thwart his nomination. And uh, Blaine led after the first ballot, but without enough votes to secure the nomination. Eventually, other candidates were ruled out. And Rutherford B. Hayes, the governor of Ohio, secured the nomination on the seventh ballot. And this is all happening in like one convention. Yes. Right? Which sounds so chaotic. Th- they show up on the day and they're like, we'll get it. We'll figure it out. We'll <laughs> yeah. Get it. Whoa, really? <laughs> yes. That's how they uh, chose their uh, Democratic or, or Republican nominee, both both sides. That's crazy. Wow. And they all had to vote. And it's like you had to vote multiple times. And whoever came out, out on top became. And then they chose the VP right there. They're just like, OK, so let's put uh, Hayes. And then they chose, uh, I don't know, I forget, another guy to uh, William Wheeler, 
uh, was selected as his running mate. So essentially, you guys that have never met before. No, <laughs> that that sounds wild to me. Um, so in essence, what, what Hayes had going for him was that he was a Civil War veteran. He had been elected governor of Ohio three times. He was known to be conservative, but supported black rights in a general way, is what I've, I've <laughs> <laughs> like, what I've read. Uh, but most uh, of all, he was unknown. That was the the best part about Hayes. He had no mm. enemies. I mean, this was important because I think they were the incumbent party, right? And it was like rife with corruption. So, yes, which we'll, we'll get to Ulysses S. Grant. So his like being anonymous was... It was a big deal. So this guy gets put as the nominee. Now, for the Democrats, they've got... He had just become the governor of New York on a reform platform. He won national recognition for his efficient administration and for exposing the canal ring, a conspiracy of politicians and contractors engaged in defrauding the state. And his name was Samuel J. Tilden. The Democratic platform called for immediate reform of the federal government and to forestall Republican charges of sectionalism committed itself to the permanence of the federal union uh, it also called for civil service reform and restrictions on Chinese immigrants to the United States. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how the parties have like switched and the connotation is so different now. Mm, someone explain. Well, <laughs> even the state breakdown is weird. This is like the governor of New York, which we would consider like a very blue state now running against like a total abolitionist i like knew this growing up and i thought this guy was my relative that like rutherford b hayes was like for the certainly for the time uh like a very outspoken abolitionist the country was just so strangely split it didn't it doesn't seem like it was weirdly that geographical after the civil war for whatever reason maybe because i mean you say that they had turned on grant uh, and like if there was like corruption in his administration coming out of the Civil War and people just like split along yeah. strange lines. Let's talk about some presidents because it kind of goes all the way back to Andrew Johnson. Essentially, Abraham Lincoln is assassinated. April. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, sorry. So, we ha- we yeah. haven't. Spoiler alert. From the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. I'm so fuck? sorry. <laughs> um, so he's assassinated April of 1865. And that's, I, I believe it's less than a month after he's his uh, second term inauguration. So he, uh, his successor is his vice president, Andrew Johnson. So he takes over and It's interesting because Andrew Johnson was actually a Democrat. So the Republicans had chosen Johnson as uh, their VP for that term because the country was so divided and they wanted to show unity. Short In retrospect, kind of a short-sighted decision (laughs) given that a lot of people had just killed each other over like these exact things. And now you only have to kill one person and your guy will become president yeah the only the only thing that andrew johnson i guess had going for him was that he was the only democrat to not what what i forgot leave the the uh senate so he didn't abandon 
Okay. Okay. He technically didn't fight for the Confederacy, but he was a Democrat. But he was definitely not a great guy. I mean, I shouldn't say that. People get mad when I'm like, he's not a great guy. He's a terrible person. Okay, well, you decide for yourself. Rebecca, it's your podcast. You're allowed to call (laughs) anybody whatever you want. What's the point of a podcast if you can't just say, go off? Fine. He's not a great guy, people. Uh, he's a former slaveholder. He's from Tennessee, and he support he supports emancipation, but he differed greatly from the Republican-controlled Congress in his view of how the Reconstruction should proceed. Johnson showed relative lenience toward the former Confederate states. At this time, Northerners are outraged with the newly elected Southern state legislator, largely dominated by former Confederate leaders. They enacted black codes, which were repressive laws that strictly regulated the behavior of black citizens and effectively kept them dependent on white planters. Yeah, Um, not a good guy. Not a good guy. (laughs) Not a good guy. And this is kind of like you go to Germany now and the way they talk about the Nazi party, which was their own party there, is like they absolutely wiped all acknowledgement of it off the face of the earth. The idea of any of them being in power after World War II is like was ridiculous. But this was, I guess, the moment it was under Andrew Johnson that we went the other way and we allowed the confederacy to basically like remain intact in some form keep some of the same people in power and so that's why when you go on a plantation tour now in the south it's a very different experience from when you tour the artifacts of nazism in 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 germany like it's like a cultural uh, like celebration almost because yes. we allowed that that to stay intact but it's really interesting hayes point you pointing out that Johnson was a turning point. I mean, and in a way, you can put up. I don't know who we have on the board, but maybe put John Wilkes Booth up there because yes. if sure. uh, if Lincoln was still alive, he might have been able to to sort of go the totally. other direction. Like mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So I'll put John Wilkes Booth, and also I'm assuming Andrew Johnson. But Rebecca, you haven't yes. fully connected yes. the dots. Let's yet. put it, put yes, Andrew Johnson. He's a he's a racist and a raging alcoholic, from what I heard. So Ooh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I also know about my ancestor Rutherford B. Hayes. Didn't touch it. Oh, oh right. Yep. He was a teetotaler. Okay, so we got Andrew Johnson, we got John Wilkes Booth, who was also not a great guy. Right. And now let's talk about Ulysses S. Grant. Andrew Johnson gets impeached by the House. He's out. Grant comes in. And his first term is okay. He was a general during the Civil War, so he's he was he was liked. Second term, though, it's a shit show. Mm. 1873, at the start of his second term, a bunch of banks filed for bankruptcy and the the economy starts to suffer. And up until then, they they go into what's called the Great Depression. So up until 1930s, that was the Great Depression. Mm. (laughs) So on top of that, the South, the economy of the South is just in shambles after the Civil War. 1875, there's something called the Whiskey Ring Scandal, where members of Grant's administration had worked with distillers to defraud the IRS, and they made millions of dollars. So this comes out. And then a year later, 1876, the Secretary of War was discovered to have received kickbacks in exchange for military appointments. Even though he resigned, he was still impeached. So the Republicans are kind of down in the dumps. But now they have an opportunity to kind of rebrand. You only get a certain amount of leash for 
winning the Civil War and effectively ending <laughs> slavery. You get okay. You get I like mean, your that's... first term. You get a little leeway. Like okay, well, what about what, what about lately? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's twelve years. So we've got those presidents up on the board. Okay. Okay. So I have Andrew Johnson, um, Ulysses. I'll put him up. And should I put the two presidents um, who ran in the election, not the two presidents, the two candidates, or are they not quite culpable? I think it's worth putting up uh, Tilden and Hayes, but it does kind of feel like they're very passive in this situation. Totally. That people are just like, that it's like a... um, It's more like a party thing, like the Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, and they they just chose their person, and it feels I forget it. I don't think this is actually what happens in the movie Dave, but it does kind of feel like what I imagine that movie to be, where they're just like, "Hey, this guy is like a like a nobody. He seems great. Like, let's just like throw him in there." So we also have to talk about white supremacy, which is you know big big time, big time sort of a topic part of this election. So according to UVA's Miller Center, two issues interested Democrats, restoring their control of governments and thus white supremacy in the South and removing the last of the federal troops. According to History.com at the time, support for Reconstruction was dwindling across the nation with the Republican Party domination dominating the federal government for nearly a decade after the Civil War ended, Thanks in parts to thousands of newly enfranchised African-American men, congressional reconstruction policies resulted in biracial governments across the South by the early uh, 1870s. So essentially, they're being elected. Black men are being elected into public office. But they're mostly Republican. Yes, in the South. uh, Yeah. And, and I don't, I, I don't know much about when this started, but I just read a book about kind of the Johnson Nixon era, and that's around when it ended. Was the Civil Rights Act? I mean, it was like pretty recent that that realignment happened to the point that I think like most voters, registered voters in like West Virginia and Kentucky, are still Democrats. They vote Republican like exclusively, but in terms of voter registration, that's it's still like fresh enough that there are tons of registered Democrats back when everyone in those states was still a Democrat. Wow, wow. weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> that's I so mean, fascinating. How old are yeah. these people? <laughs> I guess a lot of them are. Yeah, are pretty old. Um, but and I think even after the realignment, like your family was just like because it was uh, right. labor. It was like the working class party always. Yeah. And so, like if you were in the like coal country or something, everyone was like a Democrat. And I think a lot of the local officials that stayed racist, like George Wallace in Alabama, was a Democrat. You were still a Democrat because you still had something at the local level that you identified with, even as the National Party abandoned you with the Civil Mm. Rights Act. Oh, okay. So at the same time, these key decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court struck at the protections afforded by Reconstruction era constitutional amendments and legislation. The court's decision in the Slaughterhouse Cases 1873 established that the 14th Amendment applied only to former enslaved people and protected only rights granted by the federal government, not by the states. This was huge. Three years later, in the United States versus Cruikshank, the Supreme Court overturned the convictions of three white men convicted in connection with the massacre of more than 100 black men in Colfax, Louisiana in 1873 as part of a political dispute. Now, I mean, Colfax is like so 
terrible and sad. We should do an episode. We could, we could do an episode just on the. Doesn't it seem like facts. we should know about that? Like yeah. nationally? <laughs> yes. This is something that we, there should be a Colfax museum, like yeah. Colfax massacre museum. So the men had been convicted of violating the 1870 Enforcement Act, which banned conspiracies to deny citizens constitutional rights and had been intended to combat violence by the Ku Klux Klan against black people in the South. The Supreme Court's ruling that the 14th Amendment's promise of due process and equal protection covered uh, violations of citizen rights by the states, but not by individuals would make prosecuting anti-black violence increasingly difficult, even as the Klan and other white supremacist groups were helping to disenfranchise black voters and reassert white control of the South. This is so a, this is a Supreme Court doing this under a Republican administration. Totally. Okay. Wow. <laughs> this is 1873. Wow. Grant, Grant is there. And, yeah. and, and... The House and the Senate were Republican in 1873. Hmm. I guess that this is the Supreme Court. Right. Though. And it's a constitutional interpretation, right? Because the amendment is like making these laws and they're yeah. saying, okay, but this only applies to states. Individuals can still just straight up violate these. Yes. These, or they can't be prosecuted for it. Wow. That's so horrible. So I have white supremacy up on the board. Is Do we want to also, what else can we put? The Supreme Court or? Seems like they, they you know. Up. Yeah, they can just. We could also put the, the election of, the congressional election of 1874, which is two years before the presidential election. Again, this goes back to Grant, but Grant had screwed up in, in his second term. It was such a mess that. The uh, Republican Party was crushed in the elections, losing their mm. majority and almost half of their seats to the Democratic Party. Like this was wow. massive. Uh, this was the first period of Democratic control since the pre-war era. The economic crisis and inability of Grant to find uh, a solution led to his party's defeat. This was the second largest swing in the history of the House, only behind 1894 elections, and is the largest House loss in the history of the Republican Party. It's a very unfortunate pattern. Very. But it feels like uh, 2010, right? When like Obama gets elected uh, and then there's this huge like backlash to that where that was like the Tea Party wave, right? Right. It seems like you can't move a certain like amount in any direction without uh, having to swing back. Change is yeah. so slow in this country. Yeah. We also should put up voter suppression, and we should talk about it. Yeah. According to the Rutherford B. Hayes Library, what was the basis for disallowing certain ballots in these states? Quote, repeaters were used to stuff the ballot boxes. Fraudulent ballots were printed in order to trick illiterate blacks into voting for Democratic candidates. Mm. Now, I, I heard that something they did was that they put a picture of Lincoln on the page of the, dev- uh, of the Democratic candidate mm. so mm. that uh, voters who couldn't read assumed that they were voting Republican when, in fact, they were voting Democratic. Oh, nasty. Mm. Tricky. Ballot boxes were held back in some of the areas so that more votes could be added later. And uh, there was evidence that blacks were intimidated away from the polling places, keeping the Republican vote count low. And this, there's strong evidence. Intimidating against black voters by Democrats was rampant in the South, especially in Florida, Louisiana, and South Carolina. In Florida, they used economic intimidation. 
If a black sharecropper was suspected of voting for Hayes, levies were then imposed on them by their white wow. landlords. Wow. In South Carolina, they used violence uh, to intimidate black voters. The, the Red Shirts, which was a white supremacist paramilitary group, terrorized black citizens the summer before the elections. It was happening in, in, in multiple places. It's just so important to learn about this history of uh, voter suppression because mm-hmm. it totally contextualizes when people talk about it today. And it's like if people knew this history, they might go like, oh, OK, so this makes a lot of sense that this is still happening. But we're not mm-hmm. ever taught this stuff. This is also so helpful because I did like in this past election and in 2016, I remember people saying like, this is like this has never happened before. And people being like, well, like there was like 1876 and you just be like, ah, shut up. (laughs) So long ago. But like, yeah, I mean, it it, like it's disconcerting and like obviously a lot more people died, it seems like, as a result of of this election that we're talking about. But just that these same patterns just keep playing themselves out. Over and over. 150 and over again. years later. Yeah. yeah. How, how is this still happening? But here we yeah. are. Now, we also should talk about this um, independent judge. Speaking of the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court is like a big part of how Hayes is elected. Hmm. Because, the, so the commission is five senators. Three are Republican, two are Democrats. Then there's five from the House Two are Republican, three are Democrat. And then the, the idea was they were going to get five Supreme Court justices. Two were going to be Republican, two were going to be Democrats. And one was supposed to be an independent. His name is Justice Davis. He's the independent. He's everyone's like, OK, fine. Like, we're happy with this. But what happens? He gets then nominated and ends up running for the Senate. It, again, it's these hmm. time periods where it's like you don't choose to run. It's like you get picked by your party. Okay. So there's an Someone election. Someone who like, wanted to stop him from being a judge and being on this commission. They were like, yeah. why do you be what, senator? That's now what you're it feels senator. like. Yeah, exactly. Now, yeah, now you're a cool. senator. And yeah. yeah, you can't do both. So, mm-hmm. of course, they put in place another judge that is a Republican. And that's how we get the eight to seven hmm. uh, call trying to like read it just like everyone's mindset at this point right this would i guess be the equivalent of the civil war just ended in like 2010 compared to like where we are now and i wonder if there was a little bit of like just people wanting to kind of chill and Mm. like just like a consciousness of like would it would be bad if this happened again let's try to come to like some kind of agreement on this there's bloodshed obviously but at the high level people are like you know let's yeah and i think it's something that's i think it's something that we should talk about and i also want to put up on the board this is really important i think it's the there's reconstruction fatigue happening right Mm. Mm. people are are at this point it's been 12 years so they're tired of fighting it's almost like they just wanted a period of calm they just wanted some peace they just want to hit the pause button and as a result they ended up compromising in what will tell is the compromise of 1877 Mm -hmm. and they let their guard down honestly this is the scariest 
this is a horror film for and, me. And you're more talking about the re- the Republicans at the time let their guard down and ended up compromising with the Democrats. Yes, right? it was yeah. one compromise after another, starting with Andrew Johnson. Mm. But there are still Union soldiers at this point. A de- uh, over yes. a decade later, they're still all over the South. Absolutely. And that was what was part of the Compromise of 1877. The Democrats are like, we'll let you, we'll let Hayes be the president, but like we want a few things in return. Mm-hmm. And this is literally behind closed doors. These people just like came up with this compromise. Hayes, he agreed to cede control of the South to Democratic governments and back away from attempts at federal intervention in the region, as well as place a Southerner in his cabinet. And in return, the Democrats would not dispute Hayes' election and agreed to respect the civil rights of black citizens. Hmm. For their part, white Southern Democrats did not honor their pledge to uphold the rights of black citizens, but moved quickly to reverse as many of the Reconstruction's policies as possible. Hmm. Give them an inch. It just feels like in one fell swoop, it just all went to shit. It's just so frustrating that um, the Republicans in this backdoor deal or whatever you want to call it just let that slip so i i'm mad at republicans for that i'd love to put them on the board yeah in general for striking that deal and democrats hey alarmy this is rebecca here doing what i gotta do by asking you to rate review subscribe and tell all of your friends and family about our podcast it's really important and it really helps us bring our numbers up and somehow Get up on the charts. We're committed to making a million episodes for our listeners at no cost to you, free on your phone. But as you know, this takes work and it takes money. So we are asking you to do your part by helping us. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends and family, spread the word. We really appreciate it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. So, Chris, why don't you read yes. the list? Okay. Who's the, who is to blame for the election of 1876? Is it Andrew Johnson, John Wilkes Booth, Ulysses S. Grant, Samuel J. Tilden, Rutherford B. Hayes, White Supremacy, the Supreme Court, Congressional Election of 1874, Voter Suppression, the Independent Judge, Justice, Justice Davis, Reconstruction Fatigue, the Compromise of 1877, Republicans or Democrats. Usually we have some fluff that we can just like knock right <laughs> yeah. off. Not a yeah. lot but of this fluff. one is tough. I mean, I think off the bat we can take the two actual candidates off the yes. list. Yes, isn't it weird that yeah. by far the least impactful people in this situation. <laughs> it does seem like that. Although you just wonder if if one of them had a little bit more of a panache Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's well, not it's not nothing against the no, name. No, it's no. also nothing against the name Hayes. It's nothing <laughs> it has nothing to do with the name. But if one of them like kind of had like a little more charisma or something. <laughs> in no you could have avoided No, this. in 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 uh in defense of the older Hayes, um they were not it was not traditional for the two um uh candidates to campaign for themselves. Wow. So they how just would you even home. get your like your charisma out there even? That you don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It didn't matter. You just yeah. had your people fight with their people and you <laughs> just sat you you because you wanted to keep your hands clean or something. Uh-huh. Right. Not like today. No, no. Yeah. Now so, I I know that we hate so much the compromise of 1877. Oh, do I hate it. But it doesn't really, it's not really to blame for the election of 1876, if that makes sense. Because right. it almost came like, I mean, it's a It was an afterthought. Kind I mean, of. Yeah. Well, if you look at the dates, yeah. uh, it definitely came after. <laughs> Just by time-wise. Yeah, I hate it so much, but I do think we can take that off the list. What do we think about John Wilkes Booth? I mean... It's a stretch. <sighs> but is it? I mean, Lincoln would have done such a good job. John Wilkes Booth. Yeah, I mean, it's like him or Andrew Johnson are kind of the same thing, right? Right. Because it's John Wilkes Booth that led to Andrew Johnson uh, and like then to Reconstruction fatigue. Feels like you can wrap up Wilkes Booth into Johnson, right? John Wilkes Booth got rid of Lincoln, but it was really Johnson and his... But for the record, we hate it. Leadership. Well, we can yeah. do a who's to blame for the assassination of Lincoln, and I have a feeling he might end <laughs> he, up in jail. He might end up on you the board. Know. Yeah. You never you know. You never know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. The Supreme Court, I'd also say, it feels like they intervened in like a, uh, in a way that I would maybe call sus, but uh, I, I don't think they set off what, what, like how this is playing out, yeah. right? And I, I like that we still have the independent judge there because ultimately it was his choice to leave the Supreme Court and become the senator. It's true. Even though he wasn't, he didn't mm-hmm. choose to be the candidate. 
he wasn't chosen. Right. right. Um, but he could have not done that. Tell me more about this congressional election of 1874. Is that something that's maybe not the best candidate? Well, if they hadn't lost the House, then we wouldn't have been in this situation. Okay, so then, but now we're getting into party culpability, right? right? That's true. And because we have both the Republicans and the Democrats on there. It's true. It falls under the, Repub- uh, the Republicans, right? Okay, so we, let's take that off. Wrap it up and... Okay, yeah, and then to the Republicans. I, was there an electoral college at this time? There, yes. Okay, should we have put that on the board? <laughs> Whoops. <Ooh. laughs> so that so so that's a really interesting question, though, because without the electoral college, Tilden wins. Yes. Right. Yeah. He ha- def. Well, if you don't consider all of the voter suppression that happened in the mm-hmm. South, he did technically win the um, win the majority. Right. So then, does the Electoral College not figure into it as as much as voter suppression potentially did? Because the popular vote is like up for. It seems like the election was probably really, really close. Yeah. As, as basically as close as it was in the Electoral College, like yes. a rare situation where it was kind of. Yeah, because they they suspect that the amount of um, uh, black citizens who didn't vote because of voter suppression was in the hundreds of thousands. Right. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so we won't we'll just give it a a, a finger wag and then wrap it up into <laughs> voter suppression or something. Right. <laughs> um okay, so we still have a, what are we going to do here? We've got Andrew Johnson, uh we've got Grant, white supremacy, mm-hmm. voter suppression. Uh actually, do can we ro- roll white supremacy into voter suppression or vice versa? I would do potentially vice versa. Yeah. Because it, it um I think white supremacy undergirds a lot of this yes. stuff that we're yes. talking about. Yeah. Okay. okay. Rolling that Let's up. Let's do that. And then what about this judge? Because he was also sort of an afterthought. Yeah. I, I feel like he's been up there long enough. <laughs> he's a little shaken at this point. He's a little scared. <laughs> It wasn't a, you know, he should have stayed yeah. on there. He should have stayed. He, sh- he should have stayed on there. The, the country needed him, and yeah. he, he just, mm-hmm. like, thought for himself. Yeah. I'm going to drop Grant. Mm. Okay. I just, it sounds like he surrounded himself with some bad yes. people. And everything I've read, too, is that he kind of was unaware of what the administration was doing. Sure. I know he did not want to be president. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, this was after, you know, people were like, you come on, you got to do this. So it was like, okay. Well, they wanted him to run for a third term, too. They're like, yeah. you're the guy. And he's just like, I don't want to. It's also just yeah. so crazy to think about people, think about our political situation today in that context of like people forcing you to 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 the position of being president. Mm-hmm. Now, it just seems <laughs> like you have to bat him away at this point. Who I you know. want to be. Now, what about okay. taking off Republicans and Democrats? Yeah, unity. It's mm. Unity time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you see that speech? By the, you saw that too? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's true. In the, yeah, I mean, in it, the interest of unity. <laughs> what's, what's interesting to me is that it, I think that they're both to blame for different reasons. So it's almost mm-hmm. like they cancel each other out. Yeah. Right. And we could also give them a slap and a backhand, but... I, I don't know. I think we've got some other... I, I mean, I'm narrowing in on Johnson as a real... 
Wow. Bad footprint. Yeah. I, I'm narrowing in on reconstruction fatigue. Mm. That That's more of a collective thing that they all, you got to rally. You got to rally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't get tired. Not right now. There's work to be done. Here's my pitch. Mm-hmm. What is partially responsible for reconstruction fatigue? Something emerging after the Civil War, which is a white supremacist version of the South. The South will rise yeah. again. Mm-hmm. The red shirts. Are, these are. This is like a Ku Klux Klan style, like paramilitary, like yeah. racist militia. What le- led to the compromise at the end of this was mm. a desire to like unleash white supremacy across the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like that's kind of, and honestly, like Andrew Johnson, what dictated his decision making? Why was he like against the 14th Amendment and all the things that uh, like mm-hmm. made him so responsible for all this stuff? I feel like that's got to be. I think we have to put white supremacy in jail once yes, and for all. Yes, I, I, you know, that's a good pitch. I hear you. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Hate but. to hear you. <laughs> no, I actually, but, and period, and period. I think white supremacy goes to jail and we slap the reconstruction fatigue because, because there was an opportunity for Republicans to mm-hmm. turn this around, right? They could have just said, I know we're all tired, but we got to keep fighting and we're not going to go with, the, we're not going to pick this middle of the road guy who right. nobody knows. They, they had an opportunity, but they right. were just tired. They didn't want to deal with it. Leave Joe Biden alone. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but they, but they wanted to go to brunch. Yeah. I, honestly, yeah. I, I think it's less Hayes or Biden, whatever. It's not mm-hmm. Hayes or Biden. They're not the same. But I think it's more of, of a general collective. It's like the atmosphere. And the, that atmosphere is dictated by the country and the general population. Yeah. And like the lack of unity, honestly. Here's what I feel like I'm learning in this moment. And this is not the same thing at no, all as what was no. happening. Coming out of the the civil war and reconstruction and all that not the same thing but moments like we're in right now where next week they're gonna like start an impeachment trial again for an ex-president uh and we have the moment to like like what do you do coming out of the, a horrifying legacy of racism and bigotry and all all that do you attempt to uh like sort of allow it to exist in this um sort of like glamorized vision of itself or do you just say freaking squish it like a bug and just say we have no tolerance for this in society like both will probably lead to very ugly things there's no like clean version of it but like it seems like attempting to juggle this stuff in a way and like let everyone like uh like all these compromises and trying to have this like half measure version of it doesn't seem like it works very well you know if history tells us anything um (laughs) i don't i don't think it does i mean Mm. i i think i i gotta call it reconstruction fatigue you're getting the big slap white supremacy you're going to the alarmist jail 
Yeah. Wow. Woo. Yeah. We did it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's just weird nobody did it before now. Sent white I think to we jail, have sent them to jail done. before. I don't know for what, but okay. I'm almost for It was for the Tulsa massacre. Oh, oh no. It's yeah. du- oh, this is double jeopardy, and now white supremacy is, is free. No, wait, wait. Is no. that how it works? Oh, no. They have such good lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much, Hayes, seriously, for helping us kind of unpack all of that. And heavy, uh, but the heavy. necessary to think and talk about. Yeah, not not our most comedic episode, but a very necessary one. So thank you so much for joining us for that, Hayes. Thank you for having me. It was really, really interesting. After the election of 1876, according to history.com, Soon after his inauguration, Hayes made good on his promise, ordering federal troops to withdraw from Louisiana and South Carolina, where they had been protecting Republican claimants to the governorships in those states. This action marked the effective end of the Reconstruction era and began a period of solid Democratic control in the South. For their part, white Southern Democrats did not honor their pledge to uphold the rights of black citizens but moved quickly to reverse as many of Reconstruction's policies as possible. In the decades to come, disenfranchisement of black voters throughout the South, often through intimidation and violence, helped ensure the racial segregation imposed by the Jim Crow laws, a system that endured for more than a half century until the advances of the civil rights movement in the 1960s. But as we know, the civil rights movement didn't fix everything. Rampant disenfranchisement and suppression of black voters persists today. There's a lot of work to be done, people. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at thealarmistthe on Twitter, at thealarmistpodcast on Instagram, or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the death of disco. Ha, 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 ha. It didn't stay alive. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.